Hey, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Well, first off, this is a great podcast. It's Kristen and Natalie. But now <laughs> let me get my, to my question. Do you ever have to like rev yourself up into your day? Yes, I do. Yeah, totally. And I was curious, and I think this has to do with our podcast topic. What are the like three things you do to like activate yourself or turn yourself on like to get yourself ready for your day? When you're feeling a little sluggish. When you're feeling low. Yeah. So, it, you know, I, it was interesting because even now, like usually when I wake up, usually a go-to is looking out the window and seeing the sunshine and hearing the birds. But because it's darker now, because it's almost winter, it's like you wake up and it's still dark out. So you don't have that, that stimulus. Uh-huh. Um, mine isn't so much of what I do to activate, but what I make sure I don't do to deactivate. So it's very important for me when I wake up to stay in that zone between sleeping and waking and not rush to be in awakeness because that's the one moment where my mind doesn't have control of me yet. Like my mind isn't on that addictive loop yet. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunity uh, for growth and new information. And uh, what was that dream that I just had? And kind of there's, so there's this just stay exactly in this exciting moment. It's like childlike discovery moment just between sleeping and waking. And then the other thing is I make sure I do not touch my cell phone first thing. Yeah. As soon as you touch your cell phone, like game over, like Mm -hmm. you have to stay in your own vibration before you allow other people's vibrations to get in. Right. It's like, I don't want someone else's text or email to start dominating my day and my thoughts before I've checked in with myself. But really for me, like the best rev up ever is just like feeling my body get out of bed, like feeling, you know, when you're like stretching and you're stretching your body out and like, I love to do yoga in the morning and just like move my body around and like feel how big I can stretch and twist and like getting all the creaks and everything out. It just, there's something about a waking body that feels very expansive and just seems to give me energy. Ooh, those are three great tools. Yeah. So it's kind of less about what can I do to like raise my energy. And it's more of I'm in a really clear energetic state. And what can I do to just keep it clear and kind of let my body rise like the sun? That's great. That's great. All right. Can I share three? Yeah. Okay. Here's my three. I love, and I might, and I've shared on this before about meditation. I love to feel that white light in the middle of my forehead and then feel myself like getting like as if the crown of my head could open up and I'm getting filled up with love from the bottom to the top. Right. And so if I'm feeling a little like sluggish or a little like out of sort, or maybe I had a bad dream, um, I want to uh, allow myself to be filled up with that beautiful white light till I can feel how loved I am from the universe. Mm. I love that. And then I also love to look in the mirror, as you know, and say, <laughs> there's the chimes right there. There's the chimes. Um, uh, and say loving things to myself. Like there's yes. something that happens that when I meet the light of my eyes in the mirror and I connect with my own soul that way, that it's like, oh, hey, you, I see you in there. You're great. I love you very much. That will turn me on. Oh, I love that so much. And then I love to think about what it is I'm pulling into my life or a current manifestation, knowing the universe loves me and it wants me to be delighted. 
then like that exciting feeling like Christmas is coming and the gifts are under the tree. Like, ooh, it's pulling in right now. Ooh, I'm so excited. And let me go on a hunt today and look for clues of the fact that it is happening. Oh, and I, I was that. thinking about this because I actually did have like a, a funky dream last night. Ah. A funky dream. And I woke up out of bed and I did a little journal writing on it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I see what that's telling me about myself. Okay. Oh, that's interesting, right? But I decoded it. And then I was like, oh, I just had a desire to connect with the truth of who I am. And I was just curious this morning. I was like, I was watching myself use my tools. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what Natalie's tools are. Mm. Well, I think it's really interesting that, you know, we talk about a lot of different tools on this podcast and I, our conversations with each other are always about different tools that we use. And it's really to get us back to that original innocence. It's really to get us back to the joy of our being. It's to, it's to notice where our habits or our minds or the world or a bad dream or a bad day or a hard experience or a sickness has taken us out of our natural state. It's like when, when we think that the body is self-healing, that the body's natural state is one of wellness and wholeness. And so when there's a sickness or something, it's like you want to take a medicine, you want to have an antidote to help the body get back to its wholeness. And so for me, it doesn't really matter what tool you have, whether it's dancing or looking in your own eyes or having a hot bath or writing in a journal it's, it's the thing of saying we all know that our body has the mechanism to heal itself, but we yes. are often with our actions and our habits and our perpetual thoughts and our addictive tendencies based on what we've been conditioned to. We have this tendency to move ourselves out of our wellness. So it's our job to have the tools to move ourselves back. Exactly. Knowing that that is our natural state, that being whole is is who we are, that we were born innocent, that we are deeply loved, and to return ourselves to that state when we watch like the Maya of the world pull us out of that state, right? When we start to invest in some of those untruths that can get on you when you just walk out of the house in the morning. And it's funny because the tools aren't just for bad days. The tools are for good days too, because I know for myself, when I'm in really high vibrational state of being, there's always that thought of like, when's the other shoe going to drop? This isn't going to last forever. This is going to go away. This is too good to be true, right? So the tools are our constant companion. And, you know, the yogis say, whatever you do consistently and with enthusiasm is what your life becomes. Like what what you do, what you put out, what what you... Uh, what you do habitually becomes ritual, which becomes sacred, which becomes your life. And so if we're not doing things that help to rise us, then probably the things that life just naturally throws at us to help lower us is going to be the dominant force. Right. And we all have these kind of old tapes in our head, this conditioning that's just in there from being alive in the world. And they'll get into our thought patterns, especially when you're not looking, and then you'll find yourself and you'll go, oh, am I thinking an untrue thought? Let me, let me dig into that thought and actually reveal what is the truth of myself. Let me remember how glorious I am. And I was actually thinking this morning when I was driving, you know me, I am like ridiculously optimistic. And, yes, you are. <laughs> and I, as I was driving to my Q Pilates class, 
the message that came through was like, oh, more optimism. Like, in fact, the places where there are some sacred wounds inside of me need that deep love, need that bringing back to wholeness and use the tool of my optimism around some of those places that need love as a way of transforming and heal and bringing them back to wholeness. Right. I love that you explain it through optimism because psychology actually says the difference between an optimistic attitude and a pessimistic attitude is that a pessimist thinks it will never change. Mm. An optimist thinks it's always changing. It's always changing. And it is always changing. That's like the law of the universe. That's nature itself. Nature is self-correcting and self-healing. So being an optimist is just being in alignment with the nature of the universe and being a pessimist is being against it. (laughs) Simple as that. (laughs) Okay, done. Done. Um, So let's talk about our topic today. Oh, so excited. Um, well, this is Why interesting you- because um, I just was listening to a, a Wayne Dwyer, uh, Dyer? Dyer. 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 Um, video the other day. And he said something that kind of blew me away that's related to what we were just talking about, which was circumstances don't make a man, they reveal him. Ooh. And I thought that was so deep of like when circumstances come up in your life, they don't define you, but they reveal who you are being in this moment, right? Yeah. And um, Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, recently was, was talking, or there was an interview from I think the 70s where he was talking about writing this book. And he said that in the face of epic suffering, you know, when he was in the concentration camp, what he saw was that the suffering revealed more of who everyone was. Like in the face of immense hunger, some people became hoarding and scared and wanted to clutch to and cling to or even steal bread from other people. And some people in the face of that immense suffering wanted to just like give everything away to someone else who had it worse or, you know, and so it's kind of like life is always giving us circumstance. Life is always being life. We're not here to control life, to try to make life not give us stimulus and circumstances. We want to invite Oh, life, throw at me whatever you want to throw at me. Throw at me the good. Throw at me the bad. Throw at me the ugly. Throw at me the joyous. Throw at me that amazing partner. Throw at me that breakup. Throw it all at me because through this experience, it will reveal to me where I'm at. And Mm. once it's revealed where I'm at, I get to make a choice of who I want to be and where I want to be the next time life throws circumstance at me. So it's always this gift that life is giving us life so that we can have this system of check-in so we can say, who do I want to be now? Up until now, this is who I've been. And this is now revealed to me who I've been. This situation has revealed to me that I had scarcity, that I had fear. Oh, this revealed to me that I had some resentment that I didn't know about. Oh, this revealed to me that I had some impatience today. Great. So that's who I've been. And now I get to decide from this moment forward who I want to be. So this kind of brings us into what we wanted to talk about today, which was from your beautiful friend, Jana, who we got to hang out with the last time we were in LA. And she said that one of her yoga teachers talked to her about this idea of staying in the pose. 
And so this for me speaks to when you're in a yoga pose, when you're in warrior two and your front knee is bent and your back leg is straight and you feel shaking and your muscles start getting sore and your shoulders want to lift. And there's something about when you just release and keep breathing and you just stay in it for one more breath, something else gets revealed underneath the shaking muscle and underneath how much your mind wants to get you out of what it thinks is going to hurt you. And when you look at that life stimulus that you think is going to hurt you or kill you or destroy you or that you can't handle, and you just stay with it for one breath more, you stay with it with curiosity, you stay with it with compassion, with saying, what is this revealing about me? Then the, then the pose can actually transform you into your next state of becoming. Yes. And often there is that desire to bail when things start to get a little uncomfortable, right? When we get a little fidgety, we want so quickly to go to the next thing, right? Ooh, I don't like this time in my life. It feels a little uncomfortable. I don't like these circumstances. Uh, Let me create the next thing, right? Let me think where I could go to next, as opposed to saying, actually, life is giving me an opportunity here to transform in this situation. So if life has given me this to reveal something about who I am and my character, let me then become the narrator of my life and show life who I really am. This Mm. is what I have inside of me. Oh, you gave me this? Watch me choose this. Watch me choose actively who I want to become in this situation. And, you know, Michael Beckwith has this great thing that he says, which is, If you have a problem in your life, if that were to never go away, what do you have to become for it not to bother you anymore, right? So who who you become in that state, how you allow that to transform you into the best version of yourself, then allows the situation to change by its own accord. So as opposed to, and I want to wrap myself out this morning, when I had this like funky moment, I (laughs) literally... I had this funky moment. I had written about my dream. Um, a friend of mine uh, who I'm staying with right now in Los Angeles came in and started talking to me. So I didn't get to like fully decode it the way I wanted to. And I was, I was feeling still a little like, huh, brought up some stuff that I felt a little unresolved around. And the next thing I know, I'm researching on the, on the computer, uh, uh, Germany and Switzerland Christmas markets. And I, so I was literally like, I was like, oh, well, you know what would feel wonderful? Christmas markets in Europe. But it was so cute to watch me how I wanted to find something else to change my state as opposed to allow my state to say, hey, who do you want to become in the face of this? And you and I were talking earlier about like living on the surface of life, right? When life gives us a situation and we just want to stay <laughs> like in the very shallow water, which is me whenever I'm swimming because I'm a horrible swimmer. <laughs> I don't want to go in too deep. And what happens if we allow ourselves to go all the way into something? Just like we can stay in the pose a little longer. What if we fully allow ourselves to dive into what we've been given and see what good might be there when we go all the way in? Oh, that's it. And I know something came up for me the last couple of days when I was thinking about this 
idea of where, where do I read just enough of the book to get the gist of it so then I can you know, not have to read the rest? Or where do I study for the test just enough? Or where do I show up for my romantic partner just enough so that I look like I'm a good partner, right? Like, where do I uh, go in as much as I need to, but there's actually um, a resistance to going any further? Mm. And sometimes I think that the reason that mechanism has been built in for me personally is because there's always been this pattern inside of me of self-abandonment. There's always been this pattern in me of making someone else's needs or what someone else wants me to be or working really hard or achieving something, making that more important than really taking care of little Natalie and what she might need. And there's been such a patterning and habit of that that I notice that when it comes to me, I like to stay on the surface. Like Natalie's mm. fine. Natalie doesn't need anything. And, and if there's something coming up inside of me, usually my body has to really stop me in my tracks to make me really go deep. It's like I have a resistance to going there. I want to just, when I feel that Natalie has a need, it's like, yeah, yeah, but you don't really need that. Like get this done first. And, and then we'll deal with that. Or, or you know, like it's, it's almost like it's like the least important thing on the list. So when I think about my life has reflected to me recently that there are areas of my life where I've been kind of coasting on the surface, not going all the way in. But I've really realized in the last few days that it's a direct reflection to me not wanting to be all the way in with me. Oh. And the way I came to it was I started noticing I started noticing that there's a way that sometimes I can show up on the planet that I don't like. I really don't like. Wait, how so? Well, I'm just going to out it to all of our listeners. (laughs) I have noticed that there's a place in me and I can trace it back exactly to where I've learned it and how it was modeled for me. But there is a place in me that wants to be a martyr, but be very self-righteous about it. So there's this balancing act in me of when I'm the victim and when I can use that to my advantage, and also when I can be self-righteous and judgmental, where my ego wants to create a separation of when I'm worse than, and I have Mm. to punish myself because I'm worse than, or where I think I'm better than, and I subtly can have opinions about people or you know, just subtly have this, this sensation that I know better, that I have something that someone else needs to know, or they need to do it my way. And so I've just been noticing these dynamics in myself, and they've come in really strong in the last few days. And as I've noticed these parts of myself, it's like, oh, no wonder I want to sit on the surface, because I don't want to sit with that. (laughs) I don't want to look at that. I want to look at myself with optimism. I want to see myself as an amazing person who loves everyone and makes every place better. And that's true about me. And this other stuff also is true in, in the way that it's been modeled and I've lived it and, and I have to face. But if I stay on the surface of it, it doesn't heal. And yeah. if I go all the way in, it does. But I know that there's a tendency to not want to go all the way in because I don't want to look at that part of myself. And I, it's like all of us already have so many struggles with worthiness and are we good enough that we don't want to start looking at the parts of ourselves that we don't like. Like it just feels like an endless tunnel. 
But there's also that thing of if, if that doesn't come to the surface to heal, then we can't evolve to the next level. Yes. And so we have to be willing to go all the way in whether we like something or not. You know, like whatever our judgment is about the thing, we have to be able to drop the judgment to say the thing is coming up to reveal information to me. In the same way, if life throws me a bonus at work or life throws me getting fired from work, can I take my judgment off and and be in that non-conditional relationship where it's like, what is this revealing about me? Who do I get to be in this circumstance? Who do I get to be moving forward? If I'm going to have that relationship with life, I have to have it with myself. That's right. That's right. I, you know, talking about going deeper into, uh, like not living on the surface. I know that about myself as well. Like I like to create the same narrative of like, look at what a lovely one fun, magical being that I am, but going deeper. One of the things that have been like revealed to me this year is I told you, I had that conversation with my parents and they talked about how they had both felt kind of abandoned by their mothers, like their mothers didn't fully show up for them, right? My, my dad's uh, mom had sent him off to like let the relatives raise. My mom's mom sent her off to like private, or, yeah, private school, um, uh, like boarding school. And they both felt kind of abandoned by their moms. And I was like, whoa, that's so intense. And I was telling my little brother this and he goes, well, I feel like you raised me. I feel like mom and dad were doing their own thing growing up and you raised me. Like, I felt like, like I felt abandoned. I was like, really? Oh my goodness. That's so crazy. And I went into this and I'm like, well, what is this telling me about my lineage? Where do I abandon my children? Quote unquote. Mm. And I was like, oh, I abandon some of my responsibility sometimes. Sometimes I can not take care of everything that I need to take care of. And I see it really clearly inside of myself. Wow. Okay. That's true. That hurts. I don't want to be that person, but I, I can see it. I can see it really clearly. And, uh, and so going deeper sometimes is painful because it can conflict a narrative that we've created about ourselves. but it's actually there to, um, to self-correct, right? To, to actually bring us closer to the light, to bring us back to our wholeness. Because those things that we inherited, right? They're based on these early programs that weren't how we came into the world. They were things that we saw modeled for us. So we thought, oh, well, that's what life is and that's how it goes. Yeah. And started operating underneath those um, circumstances, but eventually life will keep asking us to come back to our original innocence and our back to our original wholeness. And when we start to change our patterns, while it might be uncomfortable or we might feel a little fidgety, there's something, there's like the treasure is inside going deeper. The, yeah. the thing that we've been looking for the whole time is on the other side of that. Yeah, because there's a deep level of when we see that that thing isn't us, then there's a deep level of compassion for the little kid who, who adapted this survival mechanism, right? For whatever reason. 
out of love, (laughs) out of love, or just thought this is the way it goes. You know, it's really interesting because uh, when you talk about this, this isn't how we came into the world. So I was on set this morning filming and I wrapped early enough where I was near my best friend's house and she was with her four-year-old son today. And I said, well, I'm just going to stop by and say hi, because what's more fun than hanging out with a four-year-old? Nothing. And I stopped by and as soon as he saw me, it was like, big hugs and joy and excitement. And it's like play Ninja Turtles with me. And I was like, yes, that's everything I want to do. And at one point I was sitting on the couch and he's like, why aren't you sitting on the floor with me? I'm like, you're right. Why am I not sitting on the floor? That's the place to be. And so we must've played like Ninja Turtles for, I don't know, like a half an hour or something. And so much joy and just present moment and all the fun. And I said, okay, buddy, like I got to go because I had to come film the podcast. And all of a sudden he put his head down in his lap and he was silent and quiet. And he put his little toy in his lap and he was so sad. And I looked at his mom and I said, what's wrong? And she said, he's just sad that you're leaving. And my heart, I mean, I almost called you and said, no podcast today. Like I can't, <laughs> I cannot handle. And, and I was like trying to talk to him, like, I'll, I'll come back and visit you another day. And you know, like we're going to play again soon. And he couldn't look at me and, and he didn't want to talk. Like his little heart was broken that like, I couldn't stay and play. And, you know, as I'm walking out the door and I was like, man, like I'm leaving, like to go quote unquote, do work or do my responsibilities or, you know, do the things that that we have to do in life. But I was thinking to myself, that's me. (gasps) me. That's, that's what happens every single time I leave the pose. That's what I'm doing to myself. Every time I make someone else's need or someone else's desire or some work project or some anything or making money or being special or being famous or whatever it looks like that's what it looks that's what it looks like for our little inner child just like I only get a half hour of you every day like great we do a morning practice together and then that's it and I don't see you the whole rest of the day. I don't know when we're going to play together again. I don't know like when the next time we're going to hang out is because you never come and play with me. And mm. it, it was just such a profound, because the sadness was so pure. The sadness was so pure and real that our original innocence is, it's not about the Ninja Turtles. It's not about anything. It's about connection that our original innocence is all we want to do is connect and love and play and share and be in communion with each other. And all most of us spend all day long doing is leaving the pose of our own selves to do the things that we think are important that are going to get us somewhere. But the somewhere that we need to get is like right down inside. Right down in the middle of our hearts right well it really becomes a conversation about self-abandonment right Mm. what does my heart want most what is my heart communicating to me am I in deep dialogue with my heart all day long I was talking with someone um one of the things that I've been working on healing is this part of me that as a teenager really found validation in overachieving 
So like, and you and I've talked about this in our own personalities, right? But if I got straight A pluses, if I was the president of every club, um, if people around me thought I was special, then I felt special. So my self-concept or my validation came from how much I achieved in the world. And so then there was always this like inner motor of it doesn't matter how late I have to stay up or how much work I have to do. I had to keep that level of, of achievement in the world so that that perception of like a superhuman being who's then worthy of love, worthy of um, thinking that they're special is like that persona is kept up in the world. Uh, and there was so much pushing myself, like so much self-abuse of pushing myself beyond what I wanted to do and not listening to my heart, uh, just burning the midnight oil that have, has lasted for so long. And something was really healed when we went to Europe for six weeks this summer because it was about, oh, that's all I want to do. I want to lay on the grass. I want to... Um, I want to, I want to write poetry. I want to paint. I want to be able to be present with my heart and listen and respond to that heart. I want to go deeper. The deeper I want to go is into my heart space. So isn't it interesting? I think sometimes like the um, bailing on my responsibilities is that I never wanted to have those responsibilities in the first place. And somehow there's like a, a, a little girl inside of me that wants to get caught and exposed so that then I get to be free. Yeah. Right. And so that I can have um, a world that reflects what my heart truly wants. And so I feel like right now there's this like carving out of, let me start to be mindful and vigilant of what is it that my heart is asking for and in deep dialogue all day long. And it's okay if my world is small. It's okay if there's only a couple people in it. And it mm. actually doesn't matter what others think as long as I am loving myself and I am thinking that I'm special, right? Yeah. Like no longer let me try to like earn that validation from, from the world. Yeah, let the only opinion matter be that little girl inside. Yes. I often think that underneath every, and this could be a projection of my own unconscious desire, but I often think under every overachiever is the deep desire to have it all fall apart and have it all fail. So you can go, well, I really tried my best and it didn't work. So now I'm just going to do what I want. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes some of the contrast that life is throwing at us that is revealing us let's not see it as the thing that's tearing our world apart, but the thing that's like tearing down the false world so we can actually build the world that we want. Yeah. And on the tip of staying in the pose and, you know, going deeper, then the things that I choose, I want the things that are in alignment with my heart. May I go all the way in. Mm. I got an email from a client who um, was writing a script and she sent it out and she got some negative feedback, not even negative, was like, there's a lot here that's really good. I don't think the script is ready yet. And it was the first person she had sent it to. And I was like, oh, well, this, this is part of the process. This happens. Like, n now we go in deeper, right? If, if this is something that I truly want, yes, the feedback is helpful because it shows me where my work is. So if I'm committed to bringing this project into the world, let me go all the way in. 
let me give everything I have. Or if I'm committed to this partner, let me go all the way in. Let me give everything that I have. Wherever it is that I truly want to be, let me go no holds barred and not let me keep uh, myself on the surface. And often we do, we keep ourselves on the surface or even like in a spiritual practice, we start to like know the tools, but we don't practice them all the way. Um, if we kind of keep ourselves on the surface, if something doesn't work out, then we can go, oh, well, hey, but we never allowed ourselves to go all the way in. Like often in a relationship, at some point, usually about three years in, shit really hits the fan. Or if you're on an accelerated path, it might happen three months in. Um, but shit hits the fan. And that shit hitting the fan is the invitation to go deeper. Yeah. We're constantly in our, in, our, in our dharma, in our love relationships, in our life, have in our financial life, have moments where life gives us an invitation. Go deeper in, go deeper in. And the thing with holding a pose, if any of you have ever held a yoga pose, or if you see on Survivor, they're like, you know, you have to hold something over your head for so long. Um, the thing is, is holding the pose reveals to you not only the weak parts, it will reveal to you when your legs start shaking, it will reveal to you the parts of your body that are weaker. And it'll also reveal to you the areas of strength. When you see on Survivor them like holding a cup over their head for three hours, and you're like, it's humanly impossible. That's right. But there was an inner strength that got cultivated in just staying in it. And now forever they know themselves as the person who has a strength they didn't know they had before. And so when you go all the way in with something or with someone you're going to know faster if it's the right one, if it's the one for you, if it's working, if it's not. Everything will get revealed harder and faster. And so you won't waste your time in as much wondering or spreading yourself out thin or trying to do a little bit of everything to see what fits. Because when you go all the way into something, you know right away, yeah, that's actually not for me. And so you can develop your spiritual discernment with such a laser sharp focus that you will immediately be able to say, this is a pose I want to be in and this isn't. Mm. But unless you're in the pose, you're never going to know. That's right. Because the whole process is about self-knowledge. We get the beautiful gift of getting to know ourselves through what life offers and to refine ourselves and to get deeper into our truest nature so that we can know how beautiful and how strong we are and get stronger where life is asking us to get stronger. And how awesome to have that gift of ourselves. How awesome to have something to give ourselves to and how great to go all the way into the depths of what our heart cares most about. Oh, there's nothing better. And so whatever mm. the pose is, even if it's just the pose of your life, let me stay in this human incarnation of being this human being. Let me go all the way into what that is. Let me go all the way into this personality, this identity, everything I think I am, everything I think I'm not, this relationship I'm in, this job I think I want. Let me go all the way in. Let me stay in the pose that is this life, this body, this breath. And let me be able, it's like that beautiful quote that says, when I get to the end of my life, I hope God says to me, you used every ounce of talent I gave you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, let's, let's get to the end whenever that is and say, I really went there. I might've been afraid, you know, it might've been hard sometimes, but I get to say, yeah, 
I was someone who stayed in the pose. Yeah. This week, we wish you grace and peace and love as you stay in those poses, even when things start to shake. And know that by breathing in deep, you are developing parts of yourself that have been calling out to you this entire time. This is our time. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community.